the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Glory be to Jesus Christ. This is the day the Lord has made. Today we continue our wonderful journey of looking at the life of Mary, the most holy mother of God. We talked about last week how Joachim and Anna had a great birthday party for her on her first birthday. And so today we pick up the story where Mary is coming to her second birthday. And Joachim is anxious that they do not forget the promise that they made to the Lord. They would dedicate this child. It was given to them late in life, miraculously, even though they had been barren for all their, almost all of their married life. God had miraculously blessed them with this special child and they promised they would dedicate her to the Lord. And so Joachim comes to Anna and on the second birthday and says, let us go to the temple and fulfill our vow before the Lord. And Anna says, no, let's wait. And this is a, it's a beautiful picture of marital uh, harmony in that Joachim is the head of the household and he, he wanted to make sure that he was being responsible as the head and wanted to make sure that they fulfilled their vow. But Anna even though she was submissive to her husband, she gave her input <laughs> as to how they should proceed. And so, Joachim said to Anna, let us take her up to the temple of the Lord that we may pay the vow that we have vowed, lest our Lord depart from us. Perchance the Lord send us someone to warn us that we have been too long in paying our vow, because our offering hath not yet been received. He was... Concerned that maybe if they didn't do it on their own, someone would come and remind them. And he did not want that dishonor to become upon them. But Anna said, let us wait for her third year, so that our daughter might not be at a loss to know her father. So she's, Anna answers by honoring her husband saying, I want our daughter to know you better, to get to be with you for a full three years. Even though I'm sure in her own mind she was thinking, I want this daughter in my lap and at my breast for another year. But she didn't put it that way. And that was very wise of her. She, she negotiated with her husband in a wise way. And so... Joachim conceded and said, so let us wait. So you see the marital harmony of this very pious couple, how they are deliberating over what to do with their daughter. So when the child reached her third birthday, Joachim said, let us invite the daughters of the Hebrews that are virgins. Let each maiden take a lamp and stand with the lamps burning, that the child might 
not turn back, and then her mind would be set against the temple of the Lord. You know, in the Orthodox Church, there is so much about virginity. You know, I grew up in the Protestant Church for 20, almost 30 years. Never, never talked about virginity in the church. It was like, that was like a, uh, almost a dirty word. And, you know, of course, we, we talked at Christmas time. We, we, of course, heard the Christmas story and how Mary uh, uh, gave birth to, to Christ. And it was a virgin birth. We, we always we talked about that. But there was nothing about the virtue of virginity and how we should um, endeavor to keep our virginity as young people and, and keep that purity. And, and of course, no, nothing about Mary and her being ever virgin. But in, in the Orthodox Church, we hear so much about it. We talk about the saints. We talk about Mary. We talk about uh, the spiritual struggle of the, of the life that we live in the church. Is the, it's always talking about virginity. And the ideal is for every human being to keep their virginity in a certain sense in that if, if you are called a monastic life, you, you actually have true virginity, physical and spiritual. If you're called to the married life, then you meet the right person and you give that person in trust, sacred trust, you give them your virginity. And the, and the man, the wife, give each other their virginity in the marriage, and they, in that sense, their virginity is kept because they're, they're in the bonds of sacred matrimony. That is the goal. And we, we need to be unashamed about proclaiming the ever-virginity of Mary and the virginity of our own people and our, and our struggle for virginity. So Joachim is saying, let us gather the young maidens who are virgins and let us have them go with us to the temple. We have this hymn, and as again, I said last week, so much of what we know and believe is because it's in the hymnography. We have this hymn. When all hope was gone, Joachim and Anna gave birth to the undefiled virgin, and in piety they promised to offer her to God. And, and we're talking about the feast of the entrance of the Virgin Mary into the temple now. On this day, today, they fulfill their promise, giving their child as a sacrifice in the house of God. Before thou wast conceived, O pure virgin, thou wast consecrated to God, and now, after thy birth, thou art offered as a gift to him in fulfillment of thy parents' promise. <clears throat> St. Gregory Palamas comments in the 14th century, In a strange manner, the mother of God changed her dwelling from the house of her father to the house of God while still an infant. St. Gregory Palamas. Sadly, there are some people in the Orthodox Church who doubt these things. They, they reduce them to mythology or tradition or fables, and yet you have St. Gregory Palamas, the great theologian of the Church, clearly saying that this is what happened. This is confirmed in the iconography of the Church as well as the hymnography. Another hymn, the virgin's father Joachim was bright with joy and kept feast with Anna. Now Anna, truly blessed by God's grace, led with gladness 
into the temple of the Lord, the pure and ever virgin who is full of grace. And Anna called the young maidens to go before her, lamps in hand. And she said, Go, child, she said, to him who gave thee unto me. Be unto him an offering and a sweet-smelling incense. Go into the place that none may enter. The Holy of Holies. Learn its mysteries and prepare thyself to become the pleasing and beautiful dwelling place of Jesus who grants the world great mercy. So the hymnography takes the liberty to plant the thought in honor the, real, the understanding, deep theological understanding of who Mary was and speaks on behalf of Anna in the hymnography saying to Mary, go child and go into the Holy of Holies and be prepared to become the mother of Jesus. In another hymn, we have this. When Saint Anna came up to the high priest, she uttered, I stand here as a suppliant of God, calling upon him with faith and prayer to receive the fruit of my travail. For I promised that after childbirth, I would present my child to him who gave her to me. She presented him to the high priest, Zacharias, who was the husband of Anna's niece, Elizabeth, and the future father, of John the Baptist. When he beheld the virgin's approach, he rejoiced in spirit and said, Mary, the Lord God, hath magnified thy name to all generations. And by thee, to the very end of time, the Lord will show his redemption to the children of Israel. There's so many prophecies. Jacob foresaw thee as the latter. In the Old Testament, Jacob, when he slept on that stone and saw a ladder from earth to heaven, he saw Mary as that ladder. The dry rod of Aaron was a sign of thee, and that without water it budded. In like manner wilt thou, without seed from man, virginally give birth to God, for this is his will. The fleece of Gideon. Remember that? Gideon was going out to battle. They wanted to make sure God was with him. He put out a sign, put a fleece out on the ground of the lamb's wool and said, if, if you really want me to go to battle, then cause the fleece to be wet with dew while everything around it to be dry. And that's what happened. And then he asked for the reverse sign. He said, let the fleece be dry and the whole ground around it be wet. And it was like that. So Mary is seen as, as the fulfillment of the, the fleece that Gideon put forth as a sign. He shall come down like rain upon a fleece and like raindrops that fall upon the earth, Prophet David wrote. And this was the same David who said this, At thy right hand stood the queen, arrayed in a vesture of inwoven gold, adorned in varied colors. David sang in honor of thee, calling thee the daughter of the king, for he saw thee in the beauty of the virtues, in raiment of many-colored needlework at the right hand of God. Solomon talked about Mary also. Solomon says, foreseeing how thou wast to receive God, spoke of thee in dark sayings as the gate of the king and the living fountain sealed, from which came forth untroubled waters unto us. 
St. George of Nicomedia, in his hymnography, expands upon this theme. Today, the house of God, the temple, receives the gate through which none may pass. Ezekiel 44, verses 1 through 2. There's talks about a gate through which none may pass. Why would you have a gate if no one could go through it? Well, only the virgin, only through the virgin's womb could the Lord come into the world. So it has brought an end to the worship commanded by the shadow of the law, and it cries aloud, Verily the truth has appeared to those on earth. Daniel talked about the mountain when he said, A stone was cut out of a mountain without hands. This is in Daniel chapter 2, verse 34. And Habakkuk, Habakkuk, the mountain overshadowed that Habakkuk foresaw of old and announced in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 3, has come to dwell within the inaccessible sanctuary of the temple. There she doth flourish with virtue and she doth cover the ends of the earth therewith. There's so many other images. So then Zacharias turned to Mary's parents at this presentation and said, O blessed and grace-filled couple, rejoice and be glad, for thou hast been vouchsafed to become the parents of such a daughter. Ye have surpassed our forefathers and fathers, in that ye have given birth to the queen of the universe, and ye will receive glory from both God and man. And isn't that true? Every divine liturgy in the blessing. We list all the saints and we, in one, at least one of the benedictions, we say, and the parents of, the, of Mary, Joachim, and Anna. They are glorified throughout the world as saints, as a beloved couple, as a precious and holy couple who are blessed to have in their home the most holy birth giver of God. After Zacharias heard the words of offering from Anna, he received the child and kissed her. He then uttered, The Lord has magnified thy name in all generations. In thee, the latter days, shall the Lord make manifest his redemption unto the children of Israel. Another hymn, Three years old in the flesh and many years old in spirit. Therefore, let us praise in hymns the child by nature who is shown forth as a mother beyond nature. The parents then, after offering up their sacrifice, according to the custom of the law, left the virgin with other maidens in the apartments of the temple to be brought up therein. Mary's parents then went down marveling and praising the Lord God because the child did not turn back. (laughs) Imagine if you were to leave Mary at a strange place. You're Mary, who's almost three. She would come running and crying, Mommy, Mommy. But no. Mary knew where she was and where she belonged. For the next seven years, the parents of the little virgin visited her often until they reposed, leaving her an orphan. So at the age of 10, she was orphaned. Bishop Nikolai Velimirovich records that the righteous Joachim was 80 years old and the venerable Anna was 79 years old when they reposed in peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
Glory be to Jesus Christ.